the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, followed closely by your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host, and of course that would be me, uh, Greg Britton, with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And we see practically every day, every hour, the need for people to, to step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office. If you want little things like borders, uh, future for your children, decent education, uh, streets you can walk down safely without stepping in the human you-know-what, and a whole myriad list of other things. We are very pleased to welcome back to the show our congressman, at least my congressman in Redlands, basically south of the uh, 10 freeway, Jay Obernoti, and his district is now the 23rd district, it extends up through Ukaipa in, into, the, in, into the high desert. And uh, Jay is back from the swamp, uh, probably cleaning off, hopefully cleaning off his boots. And uh, is at home in Big Bear, and he's uh, we're pleased to have him join us today. And I know your time is limited, so we're going to jump into it. Jay, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. I always enjoy being on the show. Always enjoy seeing you. All right, so we'll give you. I know your assistant gave me some things you wanted to talk about, so we'll, we'll so we'll we'll start with the things that you, your report on what's going on in the in in the swamp and what you're trying to do back there. Well, I mean, the biggest discussion right now is the uh, is the disagreement over raising the debt uh, ceiling. Yeah, you know, the folks on the left think that we ought to enact a blind debt limit increase, and I'm sure that everyone saw the president of the United States during the State of the Union address, say that he was not willing to negotiate on this issue at all, that the only thing that he would accept is a blind debt limit increase, which I think is extremely irresponsible because we all know the state of the debt crisis here in the United States. We've hit our debt limit of $31.4 trillion with a T. And uh, to put that in perspective, because a lot of people don't have a concept of what a trillion dollars is, if you divide that amount, Greg, by the entire population of the United States, you get the amount that every American essentially owes as their part of the national debt. And right now, at the debt limit we're at, that adds up to $94,000 for every American. That is an unimaginable amount of money. And that's what it is now. And of course, we're being asked to raise it. So many of us, uh, myself certainly included, believe that it would be irresponsible to even talk about raising the debt limit unless we at the same time talk about why we are deficit spending at such a large rate and how to get our spending under control. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a parent. I know a lot of your listeners are parents. Uh, I have this belief that we have an obligation to leave our children a better world than the one that we inherited from our parents. And I think that we 
are in danger of being the first generation of Americans that fails in that promise. Because how can our children and their children dig out from this incredible wave of debt that we have left them? And I don't know if you've been following the Congressional Budget Office, which, by the way, I mean, they're, they're pretty much the big brains in the room when it comes to budgeting and forecasting for the U.S. government. Uh, it's a nonpartisan group, so uh, it's not Republicans or Democrats. That we, they're, they work for both parties. They came out with their new forecast just yesterday, and it is truly alarming. It says that the debt is increasing even faster than they had forecast last year. They said that our deficit this year was 5% of our gross domestic product. So I put that in perspective. We spent 25% of GDP in federal spending last year. 5% of it was deficit spending. That absolutely cannot continue. I mean, it's like uh, it's like if you give your kid a credit card, right? We understand that we do that to try and teach them about finances. Uh, but we as parents are responsible, yes, for paying the credit card. But when our kid hits their debt limit, we, we need to sit them down and talk about what happened, right? We need to sit down and talk about uh, why they're spending more than they're they're taking in and what to do about it. And that's I, I feel very strongly that that any talk about increasing the debt ceiling should be accompanied by a discussion about how to reduce that deficit and get us our, ourselves back to a balanced budget. Oh, absolutely. And it's only going to get worse. It's it's estimated by 2050 and probably happened before that is that the entire federal budget will be Medicare, Social Security and interest on the debt. Not a yes, penny yep. for defense, not a penny for anything else. Yep. Of course, a lot, a lot of that other stuff probably shouldn't be getting a penny, but that's that's a whole nother that's 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 a different discussion. It, 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 Greg, you got to read the fine print on that forecast because that is if interest rates stay at the long term forecast, which is about four point six percent. But interest rates are way higher than that now. If interest rates stay where they are now by the year twenty fifty, we won't even have enough income to pay just the interest on the national debt. That's how bad things have gotten. Yeah. So, the, so the, 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 the big question for you guys, you, the Republicans that have this narrow majority in the House, thank goodness for that, thank God for that, whoever, who, thank whoever for that, is are you going to do more than discuss it? You have controlling only one House of Congress. You have limited leeway, but when you have these certain must-pass bills, debt ceiling increase, Later on, there'll be a new spending bill in September, national defense authorization. I think there's a farm bill coming up in in the summertime. Is will you guys take those must pass bills and say, yeah, the president may say, I'm not negotiating, fine, but the House of Representatives is not passing a debt ceiling increase without serious measures to bring federal spending in line with revenue. And that's, you know. I know you're you're a relatively junior member, your second term there in Congress. But is the is are the Republicans ready? Do they have the spine to stand up for fiscal responsibility? Yeah, I think I think we are very unified on this issue. There are many members of Congress on the Republican side that are fiscal conservatives like me. And I I think that I'm not overstepping my bounds to say that Republicans in the House will not allow a bill raising the debt ceiling to pass without measures to meaningfully lower the debt. And, you know, you see the president uh, wave his hands and talk about, well, I mean, first of all, he wants to say that we're going to cut Social Security and Medicare. 
which is nonsensical because those are trust fund programs. They're walled off from the rest of the federal budget. We pay separate taxes into those systems. They have their own problems, right? The Social Security Trust Fund, the main old age fund, is going to be insolvent uh, by probably the year 2034. And we ought to have a separate discussion at some point, a bipartisan discussion about what to do about that. But that has nothing to do with our discussion of the debt ceiling. And for the president and the Democrats to claim it does just points to the fact that they're more interested in political talking points uh, and make and scoring political points than they are in solving this problem. You know, the other thing that the president's been saying is, well, what's your plan? You know, what would you do to solve the problem? And, uh, you know, we are offering solutions. I mean, I myself have offered a couple. Uh, I reintroduced a bill a couple of weeks ago called the Finding Fe- Federal Savings Commission. And uh, this is an approach to solving the problem that has been tried before. So the last time that our gross domestic, pro- that our uh, national debt exceeded the in- entire size of our economy, our entire size of our gross domestic product was at the end of World War II. And of course, you know, that was an existential crisis for this country. That was uh, something where we were fighting for our very existence. So we had to deficit spend to uh, to equip our military and win that war. But afterwards, we were facing this huge deficit. And so what Congress did is they established something called an anti-appropriations committee. And that was a committee that was tasked with going through every government program, identifying waste and abuse, identifying programs that weren't fulfilling their original purpose or that were duplicative and making recommendations to eliminate them or scale them back. So that's what my bill does is establish, reestablish this commission. It would be bipartisan. It would go through every government program looking for programs that were not being run efficiently. And it would make uh, recommendations to Congress in the form of bills that were, as we say in, in technical parlance, highly privileged, which means they would go straight to the floor. They would not be uh, subject to a amendment, and they would uh, have to have an up or down vote by the House. Uh, and I think that that's, that's just, you know, the low-hanging fruit of solving this problem. But I've, I also think long-term, we're not going to solve this problem without amending our federal constitution to require Congress to adopt a balanced budget every year. I think Congress has demonstrated it is incapable of balancing the budget on a continual basis. And so uh, I've, I've reintroduced my uh, balanced budget amendment uh, this year. Uh, I really wish that Congress would take that up and uh, put it to the states and, and get that ratified. Uh, a lot of people don't realize as messed up as finances are in the state of California, and I got a firsthand view of that because I was the vice chair of the budget committee in the legislature for five years, as messed up as our finances are in California, at least our state constitution requires the state legislature to balance its budget every year. So we have fights about you know what balance means and and the governor's forecast for revenue, but at least at the end of the day, the numbers have to balance. It, it's just common sense that that be a, a requirement that we impose on our federal government as well. Yes, but of course you have it's accounting issues, and I I haven't read your amendment, but I hope if you're going to do that, I hope that it's one that would actually produce that, not one that well we're going to adopt rosy economic forecast of 10% growth this year, and that will balance the budget. But one that actually would, uh, would, 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 would accomplish that because no family can continually spend more money than it takes in. No business can continually spend more money than it takes in. And no nation can. I think it was Ben Stein, the economist, but I'm not sure it was him, said if if something cannot go on forever, it will stop. And if we keep running up these trillion dollar plus deficits, it's going to stop and it may stop in a very hard, abrupt way. Oh, so you're so right about that, Greg, because, uh, you know, the CBO report 
And the one that they just issued yesterday confirms this. What, what the CBO says is that inevitably we are going to face a national crisis with the debt sometime between now and 30 years from now. And it's inevitable. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the laws of physics, right? We can't alter the laws of economics. This will occur. Everyone agrees it will occur. So given the fact that we're going to have to tackle this problem, sooner is better. The sooner we tackle it, the less painful it's going to be. The later we wait, the more of a crisis it's going to be. So many of us in Congress, myself included, are saying, let's do it now. Let's go ahead and have that discussion and, and let's get it done. If you guys are going to do this, if you're going to make your stand, I think you do something I don't think that I've haven't seen the Republicans do before, is to play an inside and outside game. Is, yes, you make the stand inside the Congress, but every one of you is messaging the same thing, but enlist people on the outside to write letters to the editor, hold rallies, because I think that the base would be all in on, okay, we have, we have our differences with the Republican Party leadership, but if they're going to stand for something that is important to the country and we believe in, well, I think, I think our people out here are going to back you up. And yeah, I, have, have an I integrated... hope you're right. I, I really do. You know, I, I, I do think, though, that uh, we need to be realistic with each other, right? Because we serve in divided government. So obviously the House is controlled by Republicans, thank goodness, because it allows us to stop some of the worst of the abuses. Uh, the Senate's controlled narrowly by the Democrats, and the Democrats have the presidency. So whatever solution we reach is going to be a compromise. No one is going to get 100% of what they want. Uh, but where we are right now is the, the, the president is just refusing to negotiate at all, all. And you know what I think he's doing? I think he wants a catastrophe to occur and the Republicans to get blamed for it. And that's what we cannot allow. So we need to have a solution at the table, on the table, and 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 force them basically to react to it. Because what we can't allow to happen is to to force the nation into crisis without offering solutions of our own. How about how about how about five percent across the board on federal spending, other than Social Security and Medicare, and make it twenty five percent on all foreign aid? Yeah, well, you know what's interesting popular? is the timing is going to line up. Uh, almost the, the CBO said yesterday that they project we're going to to uh, run out of what they call extraordinary accounting measures. You know, the ability to or rob Peter to pay Paul, essentially to to uh, continue to to deficit spend. They're going to run out of that ability sometime between July and September is what they say now. Mm. So uh, interestingly, that about corresponds to when Congress is supposed to pass its annual appropriation bills for the following fiscal year, because the fiscal year ends the end of September. And although Congress has not fulfilled that obligation in recent years, they always kick the can down the road with what are called continuing resolutions. Uh, I think it gives us an opportunity to maybe pair a debt limit increase with a, uh, a commitment to a spending, a responsible spending plan that meaningfully reduces the deficit. So I think there's an opportunity there, just, just as you've outlined. Okay, if it goes that far, I was I read previously that it was going to be March or April, but if it's Ju if it's July to August, that means nothing serious is going to happen until July or August. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right, because because Congress always waits till the last minute, don't they? Yes. But yeah, no, that's, this is brand new. This is what the CBO said yesterday, and to be clear, the Treasury still says June, so certainly not before June. You know, the Treasury says June, uh, the the CBO says sometime between July and September. Let's pause here for a word from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go. For your real estate lending needs back up to this. 
Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, or read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to Escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are visiting today with Congressman Jay Obernotti. Um, I know you, your time is limited. Uh, what, what else would, is going on that you find of interest in the swamp that you'd like to, to tell us about? Well, let's talk about uh, the Chinese spy balloon, shall we? Sure. I mean, uh, what an illustration of uh, confusion of national policy that that, uh, that developed the way it did. So I'm sure everyone has been glued to their television set watching as things develop there. And we're going to continue to see some uh, really interesting revelations about uh, some of the other objects that have been shot out of the sky uh, since then. You know, it really begs the question, like, uh, you know, after that, uh, the the Chinese balloon was shot down, we turned up the sensitivity of our radars. And now we're detecting all kinds of things that we weren't detecting before. So but it really makes you scratch your head and think, why weren't we looking before for these kinds of objects? Did we not think that this was something of concern? Uh, but you know, I want to—I think it, it should lead to some introspection for us as a country on the larger issue of the ways that we allow foreign malign actors to spy on Americans. Uh, and it, this is something that's been uh, happening with increasing prevalency in lots of different domains. And there are a couple of uh, specific ones that uh, that I'm working on. So I introduced last week two different bills to try and crack down on the ability of foreign countries like China to spy on Americans. One of them tries to crack down on what China has been doing to steal trade secrets from American companies. If you ask American companies, the number of companies that say that they have had trade secrets stolen uh, in the last 12 months is is 30 percent. Uh, it's it's incredibly, uh, incredibly prevalent. And yet so often these countries hide behind international law and they the, the criminals flee to places that we can't get to them uh, and therefore get away with it. So my bill will install some more guardrails and allow the judicial system to seek retribution against those thefts. Uh, extraterritorially, it's called. So when we can allow, when we can uh, locate those folks in foreign countries that they fled to, uh, you know, I think we ought to be protecting our trade secrets in that way. And the other bill that I've introduced uh, comes from my background in technology. Uh, the We're all familiar with the, the actions that the Federal Trade Commission has taken against Chinese companies like Huawei, where we're concerned that we install foreign telecommunications equipment and that allows foreign companies to spy on uh, communications between Americans. But what we're not paying attention to is, is what we call the Internet of Things, the fact that everyday appliances are almost all connected to the Internet now. Your your uh, refrigerator is talking to the Internet. Your 
your doorbell is talking to the internet, your garage door opener is talking to the internet. If you look at all of the potential information that can be collected about you uh, and, in, and invade your digital privacy, it's a stunning volume of data. So I think we need to be paying attention to who is providing the components for these Internet of Things devices and who has access to them. So my bill will get the Federal Trade Commission involved in doing some oversight of those devices and making sure that we're protecting Americans' data against spying by people like uh, like uh, Communist Chinese, uh, the Communist Chinese Party, uh, among others. And, uh, and I think that's something that the, the incident with the Chinese balloon has illustrated we're not paying close enough attention to. Well, and and spying by the uh, by the U.S. government on the American people without a warrant. Yes, uh, the FISA courts. You know that's that's going to be a big issue. You know those reauthorizations are going to be coming up. That's going to be a very interesting discussion. Yeah, uh, t- it's time to make the Fourth Amendment great again. The, yes, the, the absolutely. And you know what? To... Uh, if you want to talk about uh, something that that I'm very grateful that we have a House majority uh, because of uh, is this recent. Uh, select committee that was established on the weaponization of uh, U.S. intelligence agencies against Americans. Uh, you know, the the they just had their first uh, committee hearing this this week, and Jim Jordan, uh, who's who's a good friend of mine, is uh, the chair. Extremely smart guy, extremely diligent guy, legal background. Uh, he's the chair of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, and uh, those hearings, I think, are going to go a long ways to exposing some of the ways that we have allowed the government to invade our privacy in ways uh, that uh, that are really uh, uh, they're really destructive to uh, to our system of democracy. So it will be very interesting to see what that what that select committee digs up. Yeah, just the other day, I was, I was talking about politics and in, in, in the kitchen with Carolyn here and uh, the refrigerator said, could you repeat that, please? Oh, no, that's a perfect example. OK, you know what's. Uh, I'll tell you something else that happened to me. Uh, this was just this week. So my wife and I, my wife was complaining, uh, you know, she she had uh, braces as a child and she wears these retainers when she sleeps to to, uh, you know, to keep her teeth straight. And she was complaining that she was a hard time getting her her retainers clean at night. And the next day, I mean, this was a spoken conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. And the next day in my Facebook feed up pops up some ads for retainer cleaners. Now that is like that is spooky stuff right there. That is spooky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we only have a little bit, a few couple, couple minutes left here, so let's pick us another subject and maybe one in which you and I have some disagreement, and that is the uh, the Russia Ukraine war. We're into that for more than a hundred billion dollars. Um, casualty estimates are hard to estimate, but there was a, the EU leader said that the Ukrainians have lost more than a hundred thousand men, not to mention civilians, and there really there appears to be no end in sight. And when you came to the Tea Party, you talked about this is you saw this really as a replay of 1938, in which Nazi Germany was able was allowed to take over Czechoslovakia, and ultimately that that was a major step on the way to World War II. And my opposite concern is this is uh, this is analogous to 1914, in which Germany, Austria, Hungary, the Ottoman Empire, Russia, Italy. Britain, France, and ultimately the United States got into World War One, killed more than thirty million people over Serbia. Right, and we got um, sucked into that. So what? And we, we just had this article came out this week. I don't know if you read it by Seymour Hirsch that claims that uh, the U.S. was responsible for blowing up the Nord Stream pipelines and our dry, divers planted explosives that were detonated remotely months later. Where do you see? Are, are you still? 
Are you still fully supportive of sending more money to Ukraine for as long as it takes, or is there a limit to how much we're going to spend on this? Sure. Well, I think it's a great question. Uh, the, I mean, first of all, let's let's discuss what I'm not okay with, which is sending uh, any U.S. troops to be part of that conflict. We absolutely cannot have another Vietnam here. And if we we haven't lo- learned our lesson after Vietnam and Korea and Iraq and Afghanistan and Iraq too, then shame on us, right? This is we're just talking about about military equipment. We're not talking about our men and women in uniform. But uh, as you and I have discussed, I do think that we have uh, a, a vested interest in in helping to Ukraine, Ukraine to resist this territorial aggression. And I mean, I'll tell you this, this, this is something, Greg, that no one disagrees with. Uh, if the U.S. and its allies had not provided that military and economic support, Russia would have taken over uh, Ukraine in the first couple of months of that conflict. No one disagrees with that. So anyone that, I mean, and, and you know me, I'm a, I'm a staunch defender of taxpayer dollars. Uh, so I, I view with skepticism when we write checks to to overseas company with money paid for, for by U.S. taxpayers. But anyone you know that that uh, is arguing about that has to recognize the fact that that you know we all agree, all the experts agree that this is where was required to have Ukraine stand up to the aggression of Putin. So uh, you know that 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 uh, alternative I think is uh, is really really sobering. You know, the alternative of having Vladimir Putin, we let him get away with invading Crimea. We should have pushed back back then, and the international community did not. If we let him get away with invading Ukraine, his next stop is going to be some of the other Balkan states. We know it. He's already said it. You know, there's absolutely no doubt. And so to me, that really does look like Hitler at the beginning of World War II. And and we learned to our misfortune the cost in uh in uh, lives worldwide, the economic cost, which was far greater than the cost would have been to just push back earlier. And and that's why I think it does look a lot like uh, Nazi Germany in the beginning of World War II. So uh, I still think that uh, that we're we have done the right thing. Uh, you say, you know, what will I support? In, you know, do I support a blank check? Well, no, I certainly do not. Uh, every single time we are asked to approve another round of aid to Ukraine. I will scrutinize every single dollar that's going out and where it's going out and how it's being spent. Uh, but uh, but I do think that we're doing the right thing with that. Okay. We are out of time. I should pass time for this first half hour. And I know you have a busy schedule. We, we could carry on our discussion all day. And hopefully we will, we will have you back on another occasion. And also at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. We're always welcome there, there as well. And uh, so stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, or read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, then you know that I think like you do. And that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855 855- 640-2020, one last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. 
or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision, 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands, Tea Party Patriots, and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire, uh, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great free and prosperous. And if that doesn't say domestic terrorism and white supremacy, you heck, I don't, I, I don't know what does. Um, we just had a great conversation in our first half with uh, Congressman Jay Obernoti, who represents my area of Redlands and then uh, Kaipa and up into the, up into the high desert and what's going on in the swamp and uh, the uh, upcoming fight over raising the debt ceiling. So I encourage you to pick that up on the podcast if you haven't uh, heard it over the air. Uh, joining me for the second half of Unite IE Radio is Doug Hauser. He's part of the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite IE Coalition, and he is also uh, was heavily involved in the uh, school choice campaign. Maybe we'll get to what's is happening or is not happening uh, with that with that vital cause here in this half. So welcome to the show, Doug. I know you, you sat in on uh, my brilliant examination <laughs> and an interview with, uh, with, uh, with, with Jay Obernoti. Uh, what did you, you think of what uh, Jay had to say? Well, uh, I, it was a great interview. Um, I'm very happy with his positions. You discussed issues that are of extreme, extreme importance. I've said for a while that the two most important issues I feel uh, as far as the future of the country are immigration and education. But it is true that this spending situation is also just a, a looming cliff. I know people have, have said that before, but uh, if we get to that that edge, it's going to be an absolute disaster. And so uh, his confidence that the Republicans will uh, stay united and be able to hold the line and uh, cut into uh, this deficit spending and bring it down, uh, it was very heartening. Uh, that I want to reiterate that number that he said that the debt is now at $94,000 per person in the United States. That includes old retired people. That includes little babies. That includes all 330 million people. Uh, if you think about it, in a lot of parts of the country, that's a house. That means, you know, a married couple that owes $188,000, if that debt were removed from them, they could buy a house to live in and have it for cash with no, no mortgage payment in a lot of places in the country. And even in California with our outrageous real estate prices, it's a huge amount. It's a huge, huge amount. So if we can cut into that debt and, and into that deficit and into that debt, it makes everyone in the country richer. 
that's an important point to, to reiterate. I reiterate that when I talk to young people, though, I, I've been saying that the number was 68,000, which it was at the last time I looked. So now it's at 94,000. So yeah, that was sure. really, really important. I support the idea of a balanced budget amendment. I think in practical terms, uh, we were just discussing this on the on the break, that it, it might be extremely difficult to do. But it's also just an important, important step. He assured us that there would be provisions made for emergency situations like World War II, where you absolutely need to spend the money because of an existential threat. But the idea of making the government live within its means, uh, like every family has to do, is a very appealing idea. I think that's appealing to people on both sides of the aisle. And so that's something that we all should be able to get behind. Um, we also discuss, he discussed the, the Chinese threat and their continual spying on Americans, whether it's through through balloons, through surveillance devices, through the internet, through you know whatever they're using to do it. And on the break, we discussed also, we have to go beyond that and limit their ability to purchase land in strategic places near military installations, near key infrastructures um, and other ways that they affect us, like bringing supply chains home, which will not only provide jobs and technical skill and knowledge for Americans, but give us a, a greater degree of national security uh, should, uh, you know, the thing we all hope doesn't come to pass if it does come to pass. Um, and we have to provide medicines and technology and other things for ourselves. I mean, this this is a absolute national security issue and one that I hope people, again, on both sides of the aisle could get behind and support. So, uh, yeah, I, I liked what he had to say. Uh, it was really well done. Really well done. Well, it was several several things. First is a constitutional amendment, I think, is, yeah, I mean, in theory, would it be if you had one that was actually written that you could enforce it and would actually achieve the result, uh, that that would be a good thing. But as a practical matter, it ain't going to happen. The, the, the politicians in Washington are not going to pass the balanced budget amendment, which requires a vote of two thirds of both houses of Congress. And assuming that they did, which is I think very unlikely, then it, had, it must be ratified by three quarters of the states. So that's given how divided the country is. Um, I, I, it, it, I, I think it, I think it's I think I, I think it's a diversion. Is what need, what has to happen is Republicans in Congress have to step up and say. Because every every penny that the federal government spends has to be appropriated by Congress, and say that this is all this is all we're going to spend, and we're not going to pass a spending bill or a budget or appropriation. They don't they don't do appropriations bills anymore. Uh, they usually throw it all into one big bill at the end at the end at the start of the the end of the current fiscal year and the start of the next one. Is this is all we're going to spend? And ever since the 1996, when the, I was 96, 95, that, around that time, when the Republican-controlled Congress went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Bill Clinton overspending, and the government, oh, no, shut down, um, because, they, they, because they couldn't agree. And the Republicans think they lost that standoff. And in part, they did because people, because rhinos like Mitt Romney and John McCain, Romney wasn't in Congress at the time, where John McCain was, cut and ran. So ever since then, the Democrats have rolled the Republicans on spending every time because the Republicans will not stand up because they're afraid of a 
government shutdown, which is actually now only a partial government shutdown because only because eighty something percent <laughs> of the government will just they'll, it'll, it'll, they'll, the social security checks, the Medicare checks, all that stuff, will, all that stuff will just keep going on whether or not there's a there's a spending bill. So until That's they're correct. willing to so until they're willing to stand up and say. We're not going to do it. We're not. This is this is all we're going to spend. We're go, we're is we're going to take last year's budget and reduce it by three percent. I said five percent on the radio. Let's say three percent, ladies and gentlemen, members of the public. Do you think the federal government, if they really wanted to, if they really had to, could they find three percent in the in in the budget to cut without affecting government services? And of course, ninety five percent of the people. Plus, no. I'm going to say, heck yeah. Of course they of course could. They could. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You may be right that it, that it takes some backbone. And uh, But as we get closer to that fiscal disaster, it may be easier for them to find the backbone to do such a thing. Right. And as I also mentioned with, with Jay, is if, they, if they're serious about this, then it needs to be a combined political arms, combined arms offensive. Political arms, not not real, not real shooting arms, but they have to. The congressman has to stand up to it, but then they need to enlist people like us on the outside and various groups on the outside and conservative media to all, to be hammering the one. The, the, the basic message is that a family cannot continually spend more money than it takes in. A business cannot continually spend more money than it takes in, and a nation cannot continually spend more money than it takes in. And people, again, that's, that's going to be the vast majority of people are going to hear that and go, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because it's right. It's true. Yep. It is self-evidently true. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what we'll see whether the Republicans have that ability to 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 run a, a political operation like that, both inside and outside. You go, you run, you get you have to get ads on TV, you have to go to social media. You need to have all of your people uniform with that message. So that, so we're now going to deal with fiscal responsibility and spending. That's what we're going to talk about right now. Right. So every and, channel, you promote that, and you get people on the outside to back you up on it. Correct. And you, and you can make the argument, and many people will believe, understand it and believe it, which is that this is a long-term benefit. This is a long-term benefit. It, we are we are biting the bullet. Why do you bite the bullet? You bite the bullet because it hurts a lot less than just cutting the wound open, you know, with no anesthesia, no nothing. You bite the bullet and it, it alleviates the pain. It makes the, the procedure go better. And that's the purpose of doing this. Right now, there may be a little temporary belt tightening of this. But in the long run, we, our kids, our grandkids will be much, much better off for it. Yes. Uh, let's hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 
951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We're going to take a, as you start off here, um, uh, joining the second half here is Doug Hauser. But we're going to start with an important public service announcement about important medical issues that are happening now in the country. Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Hey, we've got another coincidence over here. If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman, schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. Official medical coincidence partner of the NFL. <laughs> a humorous take on on really. There's there's two things that I I, I think come out of that. First, just the the, the um, what's happening with the vax and the entire the entire COVID situation where there was censorship and lying by the government from the get go. Denial of people that that were cheap and effective drugs that could uh, that could have that could have helped, and exacerbating and magnifying the threat uh, out of all of that. And now we have the situation where the vax is um, people are dropping. You just constantly see the stories of some young person, somebody even a healthy athlete, um, Sky Lamar, the NFL player Lamar. I don't remember his last name. I'll follow football. I know you, Doug. Yeah. And he was, I, I think he played for the Buffalo Bills, and he just tackled a guy on a play, stands up, and then drops and almost died on the field right. of a heart attack. So he comes out last week, and he, and, he, and th- you know, thank goodness, thank God, he he, he appears to be he survived yeah. and is making a recovery. So he, so he did an interview, and there was asking, "What if your doctors tell you what the, why why you had a heart attack?" And he says, "I I I, I've, I need to stay away from that subject." Yeah. 
Yeah. So whether whether by the NFL or he been I read someplace I haven't confirmed it that uh, his nonprofit got a generous donation from Pfizer. Well, by, I had by Pfizer. I, I don't know. I haven't confirmed that. But whatever it is, he, he refuses to state the. I mean, everyone's thinking is, is did you get the vax? And was that and was that a and did that cause this athlete? I mean, you know, you don't get people that are in better few few people are in better shape than a professional football player who yeah. have to train and train and train and be in top physical form to play against other athletes who are equally dedicated to being to their to their to the profession to the sport and being in tip-top shape right and um dr naomi wolf which is, i mean she went through the pfizer data she published a book on it and pfizer knew this stuff caused reproductive problems among among many other things and they uh they tr the government and pfizer tried to cover up the data for 75 years they, they tried to tell the court want to tell the court we can't release the data for 75 years now unfortunately the federal judge said <laughs> said no to that and they had to release the data in the same time it took the fda to uh approve it and this is all made worse by the fact that these problems that are caused by the vax, I'm, I'm going to say that problems that are, that are caused by the vax, whatever the proportion may be, we don't know, are not significant in the people who really needed to get the vax, which is elderly people. If the vax had not been forced on young, healthy people, we wouldn't see this problem. For a patient who is 70 years old or a person who is 70 years old or older, the danger of the virus was in fact greater than the danger from the vaccine. And obviously the danger of fertility problems is, is nil in such a person. So if the government had said, these are the people who are at most at risk and we want them to get the vax and people 50 and under, and especially children who are at virtually no risk from the virus at all, let them discuss it with their doctors and decide what's best for their individual cases. If that had been the approach from the beginning, we wouldn't be seeing this problem. Those NFL players, 99% of them, my guess is, did not need to get the vaccine at all because even if they got the germ, they would have a cough, they'd have whatever they had for a few days, it would have gone away. These, as you said, these are the healthiest people on the planet, practically. They didn't need to do it. We could have focused our attention on the people who are actually at risk from the virus, which was elderly and people with with comorbidities of diabetes, um, obesity, a couple of other things. And for them, the risk of myocarditis and, and uh, fertility problems would have been much, much less because they're already in the situation that they're in. I think there's a couple of lessons here that are broader than just COVID and some really, really bad decisions. And you said, in, you, Doug, you said in our, in our, in our uh, third segment here that there were things that both sides of the aisle could agree on. And I don't think so, because I don't, th we're not in a situation anymore where it used to be said that Republicans and Democrats share the same goals. They just have different means of achieving the goals. And I don't think that's true anymore. Now, I'm, I'm really talking about leaders of the Democrat Party and not necessarily your average um, Democrat voter who may not fully understand the agenda of his or her party. Is 
I believe, and you can and you can differ if you wish, the Democrat Party seeks to wreck our country and replace and build on the ashes and rubble a one-party socialist or fascist state. I, I would. I would I would have to uh, concede that, yes, when I'm talking about both sides of the aisle, I am generally speaking referring to the normal person, the normal average person in the street who, you know, in my opinion, has a lot more common sense than the normal average person in, in Congress. Um, you know, uh, and and probably I would also hope you would concede that. There are probably many people in the Democrat leadership in elective office who do not want that thing, uh, that 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 fascist overtake. Um, but they're sort of there's peer pressure. There's all these factors. There's fear in them of, you know, losing their job, et cetera, et cetera, who, who sort of go along. But I would agree with you that among the leadership in the in the government, there is definitely at least a clique of people that do not. Uh, that will not yield to to any uh, amount of reason. They're, they are true believers in their cause, and that is overwhelming for them. Yeah. Well, I don't know, I don't know how many Democrat electeds um, uh, don't join in, the, in that agenda. Uh, you look at what you look at what they're doing vis-a-vis the wide open border with mass, with inflation, with reckless government spending, with using the, the government to coordinate with uh, the big damn tech companies to suppress the f- freedom of speech of Americans, using the FBI as their own Stasi to intimidate, harass, and persecute um, uh, the, their their opposition, um, and that's those those are just some those are just some of the things. So I don't necessarily can see the goodwill of those of Democrat electeds, but maybe there are some. The other thing, we only have, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I I just watched a video last night of a debate uh, that took place two months ago. Uh, It was Douglas Murray and Matt Taibbi on one side against, uh, 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 it was um, Malcolm Gladwell and a lady from the New York Times, his name is escaping me at the moment, and it was whether the debate was whether the media could be trusted or not, whether the, 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 the mainstream media could be trusted or not. And they polled the audience before the debate, and it was 52 to 48, trusting the media versus not trusting the media. After one hour of debate, they polled the audience again, and it was 67 to 33 against trusting the media. Yeah. So the average person, and this was a college audience, Okay, who've been pretty well indoctrinated. So the average person is open to being convinced by facts. Um, Again, you may be right that the leadership are full of true believers and they're not going to surrender their power for anything and they want to increase it. They want to hold on to it. But our hope is with the normal average American, the working class person, you know, or whatever the case may be, who hears an argument about the national debt and says, you're right, we can't spend more than we take in. Or here's an argument about the border and says, you're right, we can't let millions and millions of people in and think that that's going to help our own poor people. And at some point, they they will switch. The, I hope, I imagine they will switch their votes, come over to our side, even against their inclination, or at least a significant percentage of them will, and will be able to institute policies that will put the country in the right path again. 
Um, so what you're almost saying there is the most important political office is that of the private citizen. <laughs> yes. And it's not just voting. It is to inform yourself, to use reason, and then take action based on that. That's all the time we have this week. Thank you, Doug, for being on the show. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, or read my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own, or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.